0: In your bulletin this morning, on the back flap is, a, is an outline of, uh, of our thoughts today. And we're not going to get to all those thoughts today, to your relief. But I'm going to share the first point. Sometimes I wish, I wish the Lord would have let me know that this was His plan. That would have saved hours of study. But uh, maybe there'll be another time maybe not. Thank you for being willing to let the Lord do what he wants to do in our midst. Nothing's more important than that. I'm going to ask that you would turn to Hebrews 3. Hebrews chapter 3. And I want to share for about the next 10 minutes. The topic is spiritual fellowship. We've been on the the series of biblical fellowship now for the last three weeks and And uh, we will continue for several more weeks at at the rate that the Lord is unlocking some things to me. But today I want to talk about fellowship among believers, spiritual fellowship. And in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, the scripture says, But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Father, I thank you for what you have already done in our midst today. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for loving us and meeting our needs. And now take this bit of your word and apply it in our lives so that when we leave here today, not only will we have been in your presence, but we'll have been nourished by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. A little over ten years ago, it was actually on 9-11, I had been in Albany that morning had been a part of a committee that was interviewing young men and women that were pursuing credentials with the assemblies of God. And into one of our interview rooms, a young man came running in to inform us that the tower had been hit by an airplane. And then through the second interview, began to tell us a little bit more about what was going on. And I remember rushing home that day and getting home and spending the rest of the day after I got home in front of the TV, just like you probably did. And as we were getting to the evening of 9-11, it was probably around six o'clock in the evening and we were watching the film footage and things that were taking place. My phone rang and I picked up my phone and I heard a very familiar voice on the other end, a, a fellow pastor who'd been a dear friend from another district for a number of years in my life. And and in the middle of all this was going on that I thought that he was going to talk to me about that. He said these words to me, "He says, hey. He goes, Doug, I'm about to tell you something that when I'm done telling you, you will probably never want to talk to me again. And we had been prayer partners in ministry for some time and regularly called each other and tried to give each other encouragement and accountability. But there was something different about his voice this day as he was talking to me. And because my friend was hurting, I remember shutting the TV off for a moment just to concentrate on what he was saying to me and He began to inform me that he had allowed himself to be caught up in a situation that would cost him his ability to remain in ministry. He was hurting. He was ashamed. He was feeling like not only would he lose the ability to be a pastor, but he might very well lose his wife and family. And he began just to weep to me on the phone and we began to talk to one another. And I assured him that our friendship would survive this. And I said, failures don't end friendships. That's when you need friends the most. And I began to talk to him and I began to share with him and listen to him and offer a suggestion or two from Scripture and committed myself to pray for him. And we committed ourselves to to begin to talk through different things. One of the things that had come to my mind is he and I had talked with each other and prayed with each other time and time and time and time again. But somehow in that sharing with one another, we had never been able to reach a level where we could really be honest enough with each other that I could pray for him as to what was going on in his life. And this incident began to, to illustrate to me the absolute value of honesty in spiritual fellowship with one another. I can tell you that his situation didn't improve dramatically. It didn't improve instantaneously. But over a period of several months to a year to even beyond that, during that time we continued to encourage one another and talk and pray and work through some things and explore ways to minister to one another until we saw God work within his life and within his family. And God spared his family. Although he never qualified for ministry again. And this morning in your bulletin, there's one point that I'd like to address today. And it's the first point that's listed there. And that is depending on God and one another. Depending on God and one another. Because as we begin to explore this, this concept of spiritual fellowship... As I said last week, when you come into the family of God, when you make the conscious decision to allow Jesus Christ to become your Lord and Savior, it's a decision that you must make individually. But from the moment you make that decision, you become corporately a part of the body of Christ. And, and we as a church need to understand the interpersonal relationships that we are to develop with one another because we have an influence on each other. I've told you several weeks in a row now, and I will repeat it again today, and you'll probably hear it again. We were never created to walk this spiritual journey isolated. We need one another. We have seen biblical fellowship involves both a sharing together and a common life in Christ, and also sharing together with one another in spiritual truth. J.I. Packer, in his insight about this fellowship, wrote this. We should not think that our fellowship with other Christians is a spiritual luxury, an optional addition to the exercises of private devotion. We should recognize rather that such fellowship is a spiritual necessity. For God has made us in such a way that our fellowship with Himself is fed by our fellowship with fellow Christians and requires to be fed constantly for its own deepening and enrichment. In other words, your fellowship with one another has the ability to create an environment that God can deepen the relationship that He has with each of us through our relationships with one another. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 is a very simple verse that simply says, As iron sharpens iron, so man sharpens another. Within the aspect of this visual aid that the Lord gives to us, He understands that iron sharpening iron sometimes is a friction deal. Friction isn't always painless. There are times in our lives when we are helping one another grow in the things of the Lord where it's not a painless issue. It's growth takes time and sometimes growth hurts. But we do so in such a way, in a loving relationship with one another, that the end result is that we are sharper in Christ as a result of it. It is in the exchange with each other that that which God is teaching us in our minds and our hearts is whetted and stimulated for more of God and we learn from one another. There's a passage of Scripture in the Old Testament in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, and it says this, it's probably familiar to most of you, two are better than one. Because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him get up. I I have this image in my mind as I was reading that about somebody who was walking along on a walk all by themselves. They trip and fall in the ditch. They've hurt themselves and there's nobody there. There are times in our spiritual walk when we will get tripped up. I hate to break this to you, but none of you are going to be able to live a sinless life from this point forward. And as a result of that, there are days such as this morning when we need the fellowship of believers to put their arms around us and to begin to speak words of encouragement to us, to begin to help us in the difficult times, so that we know that we have a greater return for the Lord because of our love for one another and the way that we work out our salvation together with the Lord. Solomon intended more than a simple, literal application of this truth to physical situations. In a rather picturesque way, he is emphasizing the importance of fellowship with one another spiritually as we grow. People working together can accomplish far more than people who are doing things on their own. And one of the many advantages that fellowship provides is the mutual encouragement of one another in the face of temptation and attack. From the enemy of our soul i remember asking my friend at that conversation why didn't you ever feel comfortable enough to let me know that this temptation was going on in your life and he said i was so ashamed at the temptation that i was even entertaining these things in my mind that i thought if i shared with you my temptation you would end our friendship and out of that not only was there opportunity to minister, but it made me begin to think, what is it in my friendship and the way that I applied my friendship with my others' friends that would leave them with the idea that I was unapproachable or that I was so judgmental that their mistake would end friendship? And it began to open up my heart to the kind of person that God wanted me to be in friendships. And I would encourage you to look at the friendships that you have in Christ, the friendships that you have within this body, to be the kind of person that others will feel safe in sharing with you their weaknesses, knowing that you're not going to cut them off from relationship, but work with them to begin to be stronger in the things that the Lord would have for us. The writer of Hebrews in this verse that we have as our text this morning was rather emphatic about... This aspect of communion with one another, he says, encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. This morning before I came to church, I was just taking a look at one of my favorite writers as he was emphasizing this scripture and the word encourage here is taken from the Greek word parakleo, which is the same word as paraklete, which is the term the Holy Spirit uses as comforter. In other words, there's a very clear designation here that the Holy Spirit will work through each of us to be a comforter to each other. We join with the Holy Spirit, and through the work of the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to comfort and build one another in the things of Christ. I thought that that was fascinating, that the Holy Spirit, once He comes into life and we become a Christ follower, then works alongside the body of believers that are around each other and working through them, we build one another up in Christ. I don't know how many of you have ever played team sports. How many of you have been on teams and you know you win championships? I was looking the other day at the Super Bowl and I find it really fascinating that the backup kicker who was never in a single game for the Giants gets to wear a Super Bowl ring forever as champion. Because he was part of the team. And it didn't matter how much of a role or how little of a role, being part of the team, everybody got rewarded by that. And they all get the bonus check, by the way. I find it interesting, likewise, then that we come into the church and that this aspect of teamwork with the Holy Spirit as it relates to building one another up is something that we often ignore. The Lord is going to use the Holy Spirit working through you to help build the faith of other believers around you. In fact, the Spirit says encourage one another daily. He even gives us a time frame to how often we need to speak into each other's lives. I don't know about you, but I like daily encouragement. How about you? I like knowing daily. I love to hear my wife tell me every day, I love you, you big hunk of man. Okay. Okay. That was my interpretation. <laughs> I won't even go any farther than I'm going to turn red, just think about. It. Yeah. But daily we need the encouragement from each other. In fact, it says encourage one another daily. And then it says as long as it is called today, twice within the one verse, it indicates the desire of souls to know on a regular basis how important we are to the Lord. I also find it very interesting because of sin's deceitfulness that we encourage one another daily because life is a vapor. You don't know what tomorrow is going to hold for you. I had a call this morning before I left the house from my father-in-law who was preparing to do the funeral of somebody who I had visited in the hospital after a massive accident. A young lady that she was very young then had just had a newborn baby. She was pushing a stroller and as she started to cross the street a car came roaring around the corner hit her, knocked her into bushes shattered her pelvis. It was one of the most gruesome scenes I've seen in a hospital. And in the middle of all of that God spared her life. We prayed for a miracle, and God spared her life. And yet after everything that he had done in her life, she made no physical or outward indication of ever wanting to follow the Lord after being healed again. And I remember thinking, you know what? We don't know what tomorrow holds. Don't know what tomorrow holds. But in Hebrews 10, 24, the Scripture says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I'm going to ask the worship team to please come. I'm, I grew up in farm country, so when I see the word spur, I used to ride horses. And I had spurs on the back of my boots that when I wanted to encourage the horse to do something it may not have wanted to do. A little rolling spur just in the right place on the ribs was very encouraging. And so I figured there must be a different meaning to this word than that. And you know what? There's not. There's the aspect that each of us have the ability to slightly encourage one another to spur one another on to good works. Some of you have felt like quitting ministries you're in because you get tired. And it's the encouraging word of somebody else saying, you can't quit! That spurs you to keep coming. There's times even in our spiritual walk that the Lord has not come through for you in the way that you thought He might or perhaps even in the way that He did on behalf of others and you're going, Lord... If this is the way it's going to be, I'm going to quit. And your friends run alongside of you and pick up your arms and say, You can't quit! So I was praying in my office this morning. For those of you that have attended this church in length of time, I want you to think of the number of people, and you can probably even picture where they used to sit in here. I have heard stories of this place being jam-packed the way it used to be. You know what? Some of you still have relationship with those people and some of them are wandering away. Some of them are outside the realm of the grace of God right now. And it might just be a call from you that says, I want to spur you back to your relationship with the Lord. Just want to call and express to you that God has not forgotten you still knows your name, and I don't know what's on in your life, but I just want to come back alongside of you and begin to restore some of those friendships so that you can draw them back into the realm of the kingdom of God. Say, Pastor, where are you going with all of this? Ultimately, as we get through this, we are going to begin to explore small group ministry in our church where we can begin to develop some relationships in some ways that are far deeper than they are now far deeper. I believe that that's a direction the Lord is leading us. As Pastor Mark and I and, and begin to pray together and, and seek the Lord for how to best do that, there's going to be a time of leadership development for those that are interested in leading small groups. But I believe that the church will begin to grow as you can begin to bring people into your realm of influence. And it may not be in these doors. It may be in your house. It may be at a neighborhood block party. But I need you to understand that this world needs you, spirit-filled Christian, to be able to be His hands and feet to those that are around you. And we need to be honest enough with each other. And honestly, I will, I will develop this further as we go, but in the interest of time, we just we need to be honest with one another and we need to be trustworthy with one another. And I'm going to ask that you would stand with me. And I want to pray with you this morning. As you begin to examine your life, and I'm going to ask the worship team just to begin to sing quietly in the background, but I want you to examine your life as to what kind of friend are you to other believers? What is it within your life that the Lord needs to bring into adjustment so that you could be one of those who can encourage others. Sometimes we begin to think so little of our own spiritual offer. we think, I don't have anything to offer. And I want you to know that's not true today. You have something to offer. Because we need God and we need one another. So that we can spur one another on to good works. So let me pray for you this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a service that None of us expected this morning, but that's okay because you're God. And you can meet needs however you want and whenever you want. We will yield to you. But I pray right now that you would take this simple thought from the Word about how we need you and we need one another. And that each of us in self-examination, would begin to look at ourselves as to what kind of friend can we be? To help others grow in the Lord, and what kind of friends do we need to help us grow in the Lord? And I pray, Father, that through Your Spirit You would begin to create in us the attributes that are needed for us to be able to use to be used of You in a greater way. I ask for those that seem as if this morning they are walking all by themselves and don't have a friend in the world and that's thinking nobody cares about them. And I ask that You would begin to plant it on the hearts of those. Nearby their life to engage them, oh God. That nobody would be left lonely within this church, but that relationships would flourish under the banner of your love and the banner of our relationship with you. Father, as you lead us and guide us, and you begin to grow us in this fellowship, may we learn to lean on the Holy Spirit to be used of you better. So Father, this morning I simply pray a blessing over your people. A blessing of preparation. Lord, I've been speaking with people from our congregation and all of us have this sense of anticipation that You are about to do something through this church and through the lives of the people in this church for Your glory's sake. I pray by Your Spirit You would prepare us for that. Prepare us individually and corporately that we might see the glory of the Lord as we walk in obedience. And so, Father, I pray your blessing on your church today. May we go in the grace and the glory of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.